Gotta get the mic right. This equipment's really not all that expensive. But it uh it's worth it. Certainly worth the dollar value. thing up and put it down when I can stay up how do I get that to stay up that to stay all right good morning this was going to be called wake up with jacob but i thought that was pretty cheesy and uh, on the off chance that i can actually sleep past 4 a.m for once i'd hate to miss that and then have this be some sort of lunchtime podcast <clears throat> i have one goal uh, throughout this show i wanted to start it for a long long time my singular goal is to help each person that's listening make the best of this life. It's a motto that I've uh, worked on, implemented for a long time. Kind of grabbed it from a song that my wife and I both love. And uh, it stands as an acronym, Mount Bottle, M-T-B-O-T-L. Uh, make the best of this life. That'll probably be one of the few times that I voice that out loud. Um, I really don't want to be. Uh, promoting some sort of brand or whatever else with Mount Bottle, but it is an idea, and I think it's worth spreading. So I'll reference it a lot, but I'm not always going to take the time to explain it. So those that are on the in crowd can share it with each other. Uh, I like to start each episode with a word of the day. Today is persiflage. I believe that's how you say it. P-E-R-S-I-F-L-A-G-E. It's light and slightly contemptuous mockery or banter. Uh, it's kind of my style. I like to be sarcastic. Uh, it's not something that everyone uh, takes positively all the time, uh, nor should it be used all the time. I think it's contextual, uh, but I think being able to have some bit of levity and, and comedy and uh, kind of helps, it, one, it proves that you know, you understand uh, the issues at hand a little bit deeper than most, because if you can try to be light about what it is, not make light of a situation, of a bad situation necessarily. Um, but to understand it gravely also means the ability to grasp that it is reality and to try and promote some level of positivity and optimism in the meantime. So persiflage is our word. Uh, the sentence given is the young man decided that if he was going to host a podcast, this is straight out of the dictionary, by the way, that if he was going to host a podcast, that he would, without question, add an air of persiflage to his conversational style. <laughs> I'm not quite sure that that's how it goes, but I think that's a pretty good use of it. Uh, let's see, what's next? Spanish word of the day. Sorry, I'm a little scattered. First episode here, I've got my notes in front of me, uh, but I, 
I would like to make this a routine that we can zip through a little bit faster in the future. However, for right now, this is good. I'd rather not do too many ads at the start of shows like a lot of folks do. Uh, hopefully at some point I'll be able to monetize a, an online presence or whatever if I'm adding value to folks. But in the meantime, uh, I'm perfectly fine with actually just trying to give you something you can learn from and be educated by at the start of the show. So there will be a word of the day in English and then there will be a Spanish word of the day. Uh, typically the English word will be a little bit more complex than the Spanish one just because I don't know Spanish, but I'd like to learn it. And if I'm going to take the time to learn it, I'd like to share it with you. So the Spanish word of the day today is el hormigueo. Uh, tingling is kind of the feel. Es normal sentir un hormigueo en la rodilla por unos días después de la operación. It's normal to feel a tingling in the rodilla. I can't remember rodilla. It's during the duration of the operation. Uh, but omnigreo is like a tingling feeling. Uh, first of all, um, now that we're past the words of the day, uh, I want to talk about a few things very quickly. Uh, insecurities of speaking. I'm sweating right now. You can't really see it probably. I have my HD on, but not the 4K. I have never not been in anxious person to some degree but when it comes to speaking I used to be horrible um, I was very insecure about addressing anyone or anything publicly I've always had a, a hyperactive mind and I've always had a really difficult time communicating uh, my true thoughts and feelings to the people around me so when it came to something like public speaking or, or hosting a show uh, I was terrified uh, when I hosted my previous podcast the Master Your Craft Study I was I would take 20, 30, 40 minutes, literally from the time I was completely ready to record, I would sit down, I'd hit play, I'd have to stop it, restart it, hit record, stop it, restart it, because I didn't like my intro, and I'm talking like the first 10 seconds, so I've committed to this show, I'd like to do a lot of shows live at some point, I don't quite have the, the technology down to do that smoothly yet, uh, and part of the barrier to entry to all of this is being able to set it aside and then uh, get to it whenever it is that you're comfortable or convenient. Um, but it's something that I, I would like to continue to work on. And if I can just record it live uh, or be able to record it all at once in one sitting, it'd be a huge advance on <laughs> my previous attempts. It became pretty damn time consuming recording a full episode, then going through and spending four hours editing it before I even posted it. And that's not really my intent. I'd like to have something daily uh, or at least once or twice a week that I can get to without taking away from the rest of what it is I'm working on. Because ultimately, the stuff that I'm working on and the knowledge that I'm gathering in my own pursuits is what I want to share. So if I have to detract from that in order to share this message, I don't necessarily know that it's worth it. It'll water down the message. Uh, let's see. So there's going to be a couple different styles to this podcast. Uh I'm going to have solo episodes. They won't be quite like this. This is just an introductory episode. But I'll start with the word of the day. I'll start with the Spanish word of the day. Um, there will be commentary. Uh, there will be shared tools, tips, and tricks, right? Like that's kind of the thing. If there's someone who's intentional about the way they're living, it's probably worth sharing the different things they found. Maybe it's some sort of uh, software program that I decided to start using to streamline things. Maybe it's process improvement. Maybe it's a health 
tip or trick or something that I learned or read in a book. Maybe it's a quote. Uh, maybe it's a thought, an idea. Um, I'll oftentimes just rant on those different ideas if it's something that I've taken the time to journal about and articulate. Uh, rarely will I get in front of the mic with just a random idea and then start spewing it out. It's not that I want to share my ideas necessarily, um, unless it's something I've explored. So if I've explored it, I'll share it. If I've not, I may still share it, but I'll probably be doing it in a way where I'm asking questions. And in those situations, I'd like a little more engagement. What else on my solo show? I'll share experiences to some degree, uh, but not a ton. I don't want to use my experiences as advice necessarily because nobody lives the same life, but there are things that you can learn from one another in those experiences. Uh, I'll certainly be asking and answering a lot of questions. I'd like to build a community and have some level of engagement with the, uh, the audience and maybe even an extreme level of engagement. I wouldn't mind doing a show every week, uh, that's specifically dedicated to someone who's an, an avid listener. And if I can do that, I think I'd be able to connect not only with, uh, some of the audience at a higher level, but it would give me a better idea of what it is I need to do to keep improving the show. Uh, I've said so many conver conversations with people off the mic that I'd like to start creating a platform for both myself and the people that I associate with uh, to be able to talk about some of this stuff. <clears throat> uh, I'll also be having conversations with people. Uh, I'd like to do some of them live. That'd be pretty neat. There's a great opportunity for that right now with COVID. Um, and I think that we could maybe do uh, one or two of those a week as well. Um, we could do call-ins. Uh, I've thought about doing voicemails and texts, Q&A style, uh, so that I can basically read them out loud and answer questions from people. Uh, I will do formal interviews as well. Uh, those will be a little bit less candid. It'll be less commentary by me and, and more of an exploration, whether it be some some level of, of expert or or industry leader. Um, I'll do a, a more formal present or more formal formal interview where I ask a lot of questions to them. Um, I do have a, a line of shows I'd like to do also called Over a Bottle. Um, I'm not a huge drinker. Uh, probably drank significantly more in my younger years than I do now, but that was sort of the culture of the place I grew up, up in Wisconsin. So I, I kind of phased out of that when I became an athlete in uh, later years in high school and college. And uh, But then I, I was able to mature a little bit and come back and actually enjoy it. So a good bottle of bourbon or wine uh, something that I, I really enjoy, red wine in particular. So if I can find other folks that love those, uh, I would love to be able to, to share a bottle or open a bottle and record an interview over whatever relevant topics there are. Um, in those conversations, we'll do commentary. Uh, the guests will most likely be notable, notorious, maybe famous, maybe not. Um, maybe public figures, maybe not. Uh, industry leaders, executives, um, anyone really who is an accomplished person, um, anyone with an interesting perspective, interesting idea, uh, masters of their craft, leaders of their people, uh, extraordinary minds, and probably most importantly, um, people that have an opinion that may or may not necessarily agree with myself. Uh, maybe it'll be debate style. If the person's up for it, I love to argue. My wife's been telling me I should be a lawyer for almost my whole life, <laughs> or as long as I've known her at least. Um, my, my college basketball coach used to say the same thing. Um, and it, But it doesn't need to be debate. Uh, it could be as much inquiry as it is debate. And uh, I just think it's really important to 
engage with people and nowadays since it's so rare uh, for us to have the patience and composure to engage with ideas and people and thoughts that are different than ours the other quote unquote the other uh, is so is such a feared object or or person uh, that we oftentimes don't engage so I would like to not only engage myself but then up the ante a little bit and share that over the share that via sound waves over the big bad net and see what people think. Uh, I want to find common ground. I want to have a deeper understanding of, of people and of things and of processes and why stuff happens the way that it does, not just because of what we see. Um, a good analogy or metaphor might be reading the headline versus reading the whole article versus reading the whole article and the references at the bottom versus reading the headline, reading the whole article, reading the references at the bottom, and then going and reading the references. And maybe even reading about the authors of the studies in those references and the author of the article. That's the kind of thing that I'm looking to do. I'd like to dig not just a little bit deeper, but a lot of bit deeper. I want to get down to the crux of the issue. I want to get down to the true outliers that were responsible for what happened or why things are the way they are. I want to listen and learn uh, from the guests, from studies, uh, from you, the listener. Uh, I want this to be a very engaging show, so there will always be opportunities to reach out and to engage, but you don't necessarily need me to set that up. Uh, All my social accounts, Jacob Gollin, of some variation, I don't think they were all available, Uh, J-A-K-O-B-G-O-L-L-O-N, um, and of course, I'll also have all my other accounts that are running uh, that involve different building development, architectural stuff. Um, I'll also have my gardening stuff. I'll also have potentially a, a family or uh, home life, home style, uh, something going on. I've got my blog that I'm writing in. Those are all different ways that you can uh, reach out to me or engage with some of what it is that I'm creating. All right, uh, let's see. Some of the topics that we will talk about that are most intriguing to me, and I'm, I'm open to talk about just about everything. Uh, it's all something that I, I've got a relatively skeptical mind, so I like to poke holes in stuff no matter what it is. I don't discriminate on what I hate against. <laughs> uh, I like to poke holes in people's different ideas and arguments because I feel like it helps make people. You get enough of the opposite. You get enough people that kind of chime in and just hate on it or they just chime in and love on it and support it, um, both kind of blindly. But very few people take a a skepticism approach and just kind of ask more and more questions until you can root out what it is that uh, describes or or can be responsible for that thought or that idea. And I think that doing that uh, helps people solidify their ideals and their thoughts, and that's a good thing. We We should create a better understanding of what it is that we're claiming to believe or to know uh, outwardly. So that's kind of how I operate. And so I'll, I'll talk about just about anything, but the following are the topics that intrigue me most. So I love big ideas. I love lofty goals. I love people that reach for something that seems unattainable. Now that's very objective. Of course, um, if you're attempting world domination and you want to, you know, just be the king of the world or the queen of the world and, and you know rule with servants and and no no no. that's not a big idea i think big ideas are something that are challenging um, but they have some level of optimism a general optimism and and general selflessness about them Um, 
I think entrepreneurship is a fascinating idea and thought. Uh, it's become more popular than it was in the past. The word entrepreneur uh, didn't used to m- mean or imply what it does now. Uh, nowadays, if someone's an entrepreneur, uh, you get one of two reactions. Typically, you get, "Oh, wow, man, that's cool. You're out there doing it. You're you're busting. You're you're building a life you want." Entrepreneurship is is for the working person, which most of us are. Uh, entrepreneurship is basically it uh it's a synonym or it's it's akin to uh creating a life that you want right that's what people tend to think uh, but it's more than that right it's more it's basically like saying hey I, I do have to work i'm gonna make money um i'm gonna have some kind of impact or value on our our economy and you're gonna do it in a way that's unorthodox right and so it gets looked at in many different ways in in but the two primary are basically like, okay, that person's out there doing it. They're making waves. They're creating something new. They're fixing a problem that wasn't fixed before. Um, or it gets looked at as like, oh, uh, that person just has entrepreneur in their Instagram bio, but they don't do shit. <laughs> I hope to be the former. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to be perceived as that, although oftentimes it can be, especially in the early stages. So if you're pursuing entrepreneurship, I commend you. Um, but also it's not really about that. So don't worry about waving that flag too much. Um, entrepreneurship is something I'll talk about a lot. I think it's a a great time right now to be in business for yourself. Uh, we ought to learn and grow from one another. Um, part of the reason it's a great time is because there's so much uncertainty. It's terrifying. You'll have to get out of your comfort zone to get started. Although you always would have. Um, the only difference is that everyone else also now has to get outside their comfort zone with COVID and with the changing landscape. Uh, with tech still kind of on the rise, uh, I do believe we have another era of autonomous living and working uh, that hasn't quite hit yet. Uh, we've been in this this dot uh, com or dot web or I don't know what the what the experts call it dot um, com era, uh, trying to adapt to all this technology and computers. But there's still a lot that's so far behind. You know, think about a school system or a, a library or a hospital. Their tech systems are still relatively archaic when it comes to like their the computer programs they use to log customers or um, clients or patients. Uh, that stuff is going to advance more and more, and as it does, uh, autonomy becomes a real. Uh, it becomes a reality. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's better or worse. Hopefully, it's for the better, uh, but that's to be uh, that's to be determined. And um, entrepreneurship is something that. Uh, if you start now, will allow you to adapt and change with those times uh, much easier uh, than just kind of showing up every day and working for a company or for someone else, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you are kind of subject to the the changing of the, the market as it tends to lag behind everybody else. Um, other topics I, I want to talk about that intrigue me, good people. Um, I'm fascinated by people. I mean, every damn person is so freaking complex there's no way any one of us could ever look at another person and know any more than one percent of what has gone through their mind throughout the course of their life even just today if you're listening to this think about the amount of times that you'll be thinking something in your mind that will never be shared out loud and if it is how few people it will be shared with so there's no way that like your place in this world and your understanding of this world is somehow universal uh, and that said, uh, anyone who's like a halfway decent person, I love to dig on and learn the story. P- 
people's stories fascinate me. So we'll do that a little bit. Um, what other topics? Family systems, relationships, communication, um, health. I'm big on health. Sometimes I heard a quote from somewhere uh, from someone, and if it was a more complicated quote, I'd probably need to look it up, but it's pretty simple. All you really have is your health. Wow. Fascinating. When you really think about it, it's true. Anyone who's ever had to get rushed to the emergency room for anything, you break your leg, uh, you, you're choking, you got something clogged in your throat, you, um, you have some sort of illness and it, it takes over your body, you can't stop coughing or whatever. You don't want anything else in your life than to feel better. You just want to feel healthy again. So health is a big deal to me, and health is something that I think we should all take more seriously. I'm not perfect by any means. I certainly don't have it figured out. I've explored a lot of different ideas around it, and I'm pretty well-versed, but not extremely. So I'd like to share some of those ideas and maybe dig a little deeper with guests on health as well. Uh, Millennial men. Well, I guess millennials in general because that's the category I'm in. We have a really interesting group. We understand tech in that world but we kind of also have like the renaissance feel to us a little bit still we some of us are like you know we could do it with a computer but we prefer to do it by hand one day that'll be like you know we'll be all the old folks old fogies out there that are doing it the hard way sometimes uh but we we, we're kind of right in the middle we tend to understand that a lot of us didn't have cell phones before we were you know somewhere between like 16 and 25 you know i think i i think i got my first one at 18 I think my senior year in high school uh but even then they weren't they weren't nearly as robust and so you you weren't on it all the time and because they were new um they were like a toy to some degree unless you were using it to call your parents uh so in school there was absolutely no cell phones it was common it was like you were if you were a teacher and you told someone to put their cell phone away it wasn't like a controversial topic whereas now it's like you can't tell me to do it you can't tell me to put it away uh, but, eh, you know, I don't know if that's for better or for worse, but we'll see. Uh, anyways, millennials, we're an odd bunch. Uh, millennial men in particular, I think we've got some major issues, but also have some major opportunities. Um, there's a lot of different things that I think millennial men will contribute to here soon, in spite of the fact that I think we've struggled more than ever, more than any other um, male category in the last, you know, five or six eras. I mean, there's strife at every level. Um, but ours is just so obnoxious, you know, because it's, it's like a shadow opponent. You know, we, we, the depression and anxiety thing, um, for, for people that have success, like people that have like the majority of our our lower income or our, our underprivileged peoples in this society would look up at, at the rest of the group, let's just say an 80-20, right? So 20% of the people that are struggling, you look up at the other 80 that are affluent and successful and confident and live a good life and also are good people, right? Why are all of those good people and hardworking people and successful people, why are they struggling? The 20% would look up and say, wow, you've done it. You've you know, I'm, I'm envious of the fact that you have what you have, and I hope to one day attain that. But yet, 
all of those people that seem to have attained something also seem to have this struggle. And I see it most in millennial men right now. And I don't necessarily know why. I've got a few books over on my shelf. The Boy Crisis is one of them I'm really looking forward to reading. Um, and hopefully I can get some of these authors on the show as well. Uh, I'd be curious to know your thoughts about that, my millennial men listening here. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that that's probably going to be the biggest uh, piece of my audience is likely millennial men or even probably skip one generation i don't think i'll get like the i don't think i'll get the 20 year olds the the early 20s i forget what, what's just below us gen x is that what it is i think we'll i think i'll I'll be in tune with the one below that because i will have an educational uh aspect to this and I've, i was a college basketball coach i was a professor so i think i'll wind up kind of reaching down to some of the younger groups again and trying to develop some ideas and content that is really going to be helpful to them i can't I can't necessarily speak to the fact that uh, my educational attempt will be successful, but education is the next thing I have on the list as topics I want to get into. Education is so freaking important, man. Uh, And right now, we have a major, major issue. We're not meeting people on their platform. We're trying, but like the devices and the software that our teachers are using isn't helping them teach. It's making things more difficult. The students are not are not responsive. There's a disconnect. Our public education system is loaded with tremendous people that are trying as best they can to change the world through education. But the fact is that it's not nearly effective enough. I've done it. I've taught in at the college level, multiple courses, people are tuned out. They just want to get through. They have no interest in, in wanting to learn something and creating a last. And I'm saying this in generality, of course. Uh, there are the exceptions. But there's a totally different feel around reading a book or engaging in a topic, learning, in education, between a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old or even like a senior, 24-year-old, 23-year-old, 22-year-old. There's a major difference between that age range who went from high school right into college as they are supposed to or whatever and someone who changes careers at 32 and decides to go back to get a master's degree in the topic or in the subject or in the industry that they love. Something that they've decided over time after having some savvy about what it takes to live in this world. So I'm a huge advocate for a gap year or six I'm a huge advocate for starting work sooner than later. Um, I would actually argue with just about anyone, we could turn this into a debate that it's probably better for most people in this country to work for anywhere from two to 10 years before they go to school. I know that sounds crazy, but I just look at it and go, if you spent two years in school at age 30 after having 12 years of work experience, when you get done with those two years of school, you're going to be ready to launch into a de- another career, something that's more conducive to the lifestyle you want. But too many college kids leave with debt, loads of debt, and have no idea what they want to do. It's the norm. Think about that. It's the norm to graduate college with a heap of of loans to pay off and to sit there with an existential crisis. What do I do with my life? That's sad. 
So I'm not really a fan of that. And that's why I believe that um, education for folks like me or for other people that have any kind of platform uh, needs to be really important. Education is going to be a hot topic throughout, as is communication, as is personal responsibility. Uh, I do believe in personal responsibility. Um, I'm not going to get too political with you guys now. Um, I'm not uh, I'm not like a staunch individualist or anything like that. Um, I do believe in the, the strength of the individual, um, but that has to be paired with other factors like experience and, and demographic and things like that. Um, so it's, there's no way you can, you can rest solely on that, but I do believe in choice, um, at, at least, uh, experience based choice is kind of the way I see it. Like you, you can only make a decision based on your experiences and what you know thus far. Um, but I do think that we still can, uh, choose, uh, somewhere on a, a sliding scale or on a, like a zone along the spectrum, um, of our experience and whether you make good decisions or bad decisions ultimately becomes who you are and what you do. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying you can do anything or can't do anything. I don't know that that's true too. I, I love, I get inspired by all the, the gurus and the speakers that are like, you can be anything you want to be. Uh, I mean, it's true, but like, not really. Right. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't be anything. Right. I mean, I'm sitting here right now. Like I, I, I want to be a tree. Well, I'm just not going to be able to be a tree. Well, that's not reasonable, right? That's not a reasonable idea. It's true at every step. If it's not reasonable, you can't really be it. But if there is something you really want, if you're a bus driver and you really would like to be a carpenter, you're, you might be so far off if you've never picked up a saw or hammer before. However, if you pick it up one day or if you buy a book about it, does become more and more realistic as you go and you might even if you think you want to you might never become the best craftsman out there um, however that's not really the point the point or the purpose behind some of that is being able to choose and decide uh, what it is that you want to pursue and to what degree your individual self uh, can achieve some level of freedom around choice is probably more important um, than thinking that you can do or be anything. And in order to get there, or in order to approach that idea, personal responsibility and decision-making is a big deal. And I think that we lack accountability um, in our our world today a little bit. Um, and that's uh, for another, another subject. I know people are going to take that the right way and take it the wrong way, but um, I, I mean... I mean it very, very broadly um, in the sense of the, the way I'm thinking about responsibility. Um, anyways, last topic on my list is uh, building and development. So I'm currently working on a general contractor's license. Uh, I was reading all the books, getting ready, and the testing center's closed. Uh, gosh, right around the time COVID got, got bad and stuff started closing and uh, they closed a lot of the buildings and, and centers that the testing was happening in. And I've still not come back and rescheduled my test. I need to. Um, the problem is that people are literally sitting there hitting refresh on the computer to schedule these things. And it's an in-person proctored exam. Anyways, um, I love urban development. I love creative development. Um, I really love uh, eco development. Um, I like permaculture. Uh, a lot of my friends tend to be 
farmers. <laughs> um, not a huge fan of the industrial farming system, but also very much understand that our population is the cause of a lot of major issues with our food systems at scale. So I like those farmers too. Uh, I just don't resonate with their purpose and mission quite as much. Um, but anyways, building and development. Um, I love architecture. Uh, we're working on, we bought a piece of land, my wife and I, and we're working on the plans and we're going to build a house here uh, in Chapel Hill where we live. And I think that um, pursuing the, the trades is something that so few people see as a viable option these days, yet it takes up a massive portion of our workforce. And it's one that isn't necessarily going to slow down. Uh, the big commercial stuff, maybe, especially as we move away from physical buildings uh, for workplaces, but residential, my goodness, man. I mean, just think about it. It's it, We would have to tell people to stop having kids. It's not going to happen. Building and development and urban sprawl is to some degree inevitable. Now, excuse me. Now, there's a couple different ways of going about that. And people tend to see development and sprawl as a bad, a bad thing. You can't look at it as a bad thing overall uh, because, well, like I just said, you'd be implying that people not have the option or choice to move to where they want to move to. And you're also talking about, in general, people not having as many kids. If the population goes up, there's going to be sprawl. <clears throat> but it can be done well, and it can be done right, and it can be done green, and it can be done in ways that engage the community, all of the community. It can be inclusive, and it can be lasting. The fly-by-night developers and contractors that are swooping in, scooping up land, building junk houses with maximum profit margins that are that not only look terrible, and I'm big on physical spaces. People that don't, people that, that have never lived in a really great space don't understand what that does to your psyche on a day-to-day, -day, your, your organization, your mind. Uh, I think it's a big deal to be able to look around you and to live in a city or in a place where everywhere you go, you're inspired by the physical surroundings you have. That's why nature is so great. There's, n there's no better builder than Mother Earth. I mean, the, the, the structure of a, of a tree, you watch a plant grow, a vine climb. I mean, golly, you want to talk about like adapting to the environment and, and building something that'll last. I mean, look at a forest. It's like one big sprawling organism. Grows up, seeds out, more grow up, seed out. And it's like, it's like laying bricks somewhere, except you can knock over bricks real easy. You can't take down a forest and uproot all those stumps without massive undertaking. So we can model, I think, a lot of uh, what we need to do after things like nature, in the, in the building world at least, in the development world. Um, I don't necessarily think that we should build everything out of raw logs and whatnot, but... I think there's something to be said about building lasting and beautiful and um, lasting and beautiful buildings and spaces that everyone can use and see and enjoy, uh, but doing so in a, in a way that seems to fit with the natural landscape and um, and with the natural 
um, ethos of the people in the community. So building and development architecture um, fascinates me. So I'll be talking plenty about that. And I'll have plenty of people on uh, interview-wise about that. But the ones that I post on this podcast will probably be more general or more broad um, in conversation than not. Um, and I'll, if I do have the chance to connect with some of our higher level developers and builders of the world, I'll probably create a separate show for that. Uh, just because I know most of you don't want to talk about uh, contracting construction work. Um, but either way, that'll be a topic of conversation as well. Sports are there, and a lot of you are probably thinking like, oh, don't you want to talk about sports? Um, well, kind of, but I've phased out from that. I don't. We can talk about it, but it's going to be an interesting conversation, and it certainly won't be about uh, current events in the sports world. I don't really pay a whole lot of attention anymore, despite my background. Um, maybe you'll learn about that why later. All right. Last thing, uh, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about me and then we're going to be on our way because I'm not going to talk about this in all of our shows. So um, I'm married. My wife's name is Jamie. Uh, We have a daughter on the way. Her name is, oh, I'm not going to make it public. You'll find out when the baby's born. Uh, We live in the North Carolina Triangle area, the Research Triangle. Uh, we We live on the Chapel Hill leg of the three. It's Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. Um absolutely love this area it's thriving we're two hours from the ocean two hours from the mountains Um, i really wish we had the ocean or mountains right here with us Um, but we don't so what we've done and we've done the best we can we've found 10 acres of land west of west of town we're living right now in in carborough which is a little town inside of chapel hill Um, but we found a little bit of land we're going to build a house on and it's it's up on pickard's mountain which is uh, about 12 minutes west of downtown Chapel Hill, 15 minutes west of downtown Chapel Hill. And it's the sec- Pickards Mountain is the second highest point uh, in the Piedmont area of North Carolina. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. That's not entirely true. I think in Orange County, maybe. Maybe in the county, not the whole Piedmont region. But anyways, it's a great spot. Absolutely beautiful. Feels like the foothills. And uh, we're going to be out there for the, the majority of our next couple of years if I can ever get my act together and build this damn house for us. Um, we're working on it. We're working on it. Um, I come from a working class family. Um, I've, I used to be called PBJ, poor boy Jake. Um, and the people that called me that are, some of them are still friends of mine today. So it wasn't necessarily derogatory, but it was a fact um, I was always bumming a meal and a ride and I was, you know, I grew up, I thought everyone used wick, you know, I used to get pumped to like go to the grocery store and run up and down the aisles and be able to find the wick stickers under the items and pick out whatever I wanted. So long as it had a wick sticker. Um, I remember going to the Ruth Gilfrey building in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, where I grew up. Uh, to pick up the free canned goods uh, that people would donate. Um, I remember standing in line for like five hours, um, mostly with people that were Hispanic or Asian or black or other minorities, to be honest, if I'm just being honest here. Um, And we'd stand in line for hours waiting for school supplies before the school year would start. Uh, And we were notoriously late for everything. So I remember showing up and, and we'd be near the near the back and by the time we'd get up there be like oh well we're out of our we're out of our colored pencils so you're not gonna be able to get those we do have a couple notebooks for you 
they're all they're all college ruled i know you want the wide ruled or or vice versa <laughs> um i'm i'm used to that you know i don't i didn't have a lot i don't want a lot i want a lot in my own personal achievement and what i'm able to do and in what i know and what i learn uh, but physically i could do without um i think i'd be okay i i guess i do fear to some degree now because i've become a lot more affluent over the years I fear losing physical things, uh, but it's not something that I think I couldn't get over pretty damn quickly. Um, I've had my years with anxiety and depression. Um, I've been very misguided previously. I've, I've been dishonest, especially when I was younger. I've been, had a lot of worry and fear and anger that I've carried with me throughout my life. Um, I'm very happy and pleased uh, to say that that's n- no longer the case to some degree. I mean, I have residual effects, right? Um, I've, I've battled those things. I've battled addictions, plenty of them. Uh, let's see, what about more positively? Um, I had an illustrious basketball career, uh, both as a player and as a coach. Um, I don't brag on this or talk about it a whole lot, but you can see behind me. I think you can see there's a, uh, a banner from an NCAA tournament. Um, we're part of a probably a top 10 upset of all time in the NCAA tournament, March Madness. Um, I was the captain of, I was one of the captains uh, of the Mercer basketball team that knocked Duke out of the NCAA tournament in 2014. That was Jabari Parker, Rodney Hood, Quinn Cook. uh, Who else was on that team? Tyler Thornton. some, I forget his first name, Suleiman. He was really good, but then got kicked off the team. I don't know. They have like five or six pros, I think four NBA players on that squad. And, uh, and we knocked him off pretty damn cool. And as a coach, uh, I only coached for a couple of years, uh, very impactful, but I just, for my own reasons, I decided to get out. Certainly wasn't burnout. I probably work just as much now or more uh, as I did when I was coaching, but, uh, I have freedom around my work. I can quit when I want. I can stop working when I want, and um, I'm not tied to that stuff. Uh, but as a coach, I had won a national championship. I've got a banner or a ring around here somewhere. Um, I'm not a big trophy guy. I'd rather fill my – oh, right there. I think – I don't know if you can see it up there. There's like a mini national championship trophy they give you, uh, each player and coach. Uh, that was at Wisconsin-Stevens Point. Um, tremendous program. That was like the fourth national title in 12 years, I think, 10 years. Uh, learned a lot, man. Uh, I've coached and played for some tremendous people, some geniuses uh, of their craft, and uh, it has molded who I've become. Uh, but it's not that I've. Uh, it's not that it was specific to basketball, even because it has carried with me, um, and it's something that I'll never forget. And who knows? Maybe at some point I'll return to sport and to some degree. But for right now, uh, I don't see it and I don't desire it. So we'll we'll move on. Uh, always been a coach and an educator. Uh, I've taught college courses, um, several of them. Um, I've taught in communications. Uh, I've taught leadership. I've taught uh, business leadership. I've taught organizational communications. Um, what else? Several communications classes, actually. Um, I've, I'm a certified health and fitness coach. I kind of did that after I got out of coaching basketball for a little bit. It was okay, but when you're used to working with like top-notch athletes who are not only committed, but like their life depends on their career, even though it shouldn't. Um, it's hard to work with the everyday, the average Joe or the average Jane. I just, 
I needed something a little more, so that didn't last very long. Um, however, a lot of what I learned in my readings has been really impactful for my own health and fitness moving forward. Because after six surgeries and six years of college basketball with two medical hardship years, uh, second most games all time played <laughs> in NCAA history, uh, I can no longer just do the typical workout. Uh, mobility has become a huge thing. Um, as has the way I eat and my health in general. So um, what else about me? I've done speaking events and workshops, um, some at universities, some elsewhere. I'll probably continue to do that over time, but I have kind of slowed that down as well so I can focus on uh, what I'm continuing uh, my educational track in, in a, by what's called a, I call it my IMBA. So when I got out of coaching, uh, did the entrepreneur thing for a little bit, still am. Uh, doing it, but I, you know, it takes a while to, to navigate and to find out what you're going to do. You know, I remodeled the house. I, that's when I did the health coaching thing and the fitness coaching thing. Um, toyed around with a lot of different ideas. Started a couple different businesses. Had a little success. Had a lot of failure. Um, and I contemplated going back to school. I contemplated going for an MBA, uh, even though I already have a master's degree. It's largely worthless. Uh, education, higher educational leadership. Uh, I don't want to be in the higher ed system necessarily, um, which is funny because I think I could be pretty damn good at it, but I just don't believe in the system. And if I don't believe in it, I won't be able to do it every day and give it my best. Uh, so anyways, uh, I MBA, instead of going back to school to get an MBA degree, I decided that I was going to put my own together. Um, it's not completely uncommon. Uh, after talking about it, you know, our our iPhones or our phones are always listening to us. Um, I talk about the IMBA stuff and then all of a sudden I can get little ads all over my phone and on my socials uh, or to my email uh, that have to do with these different like self-tracked MBA uh, classes and programs. But um, I've taken some ideas from those, but I've developed my own. And it has a lot to do with the combination of concise reading and education uh, paired with uh, engagement with people and industry experts. Um, I'm polymath, an inventor, collector of people. Hopefully that contributes to the conversations uh, that we can have. Um, but most of all, and I'll say it again, uh, I really want to make the best of this life mom bottle. And if I can share any of that, I absolutely will. And I'm looking forward uh, to seeing where this thing moves and develops uh, over time and over the years because it is something I plan on doing for good. So questions, comments, reach out, let me know. Looking forward to it. Cheers.